You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. This one is Mariana Van Zella. Pretty packed with the amount of shit that she's investigated in that show Traffic and even before is astounding. Yeah, very, I mean very deep dark places that she's going into every episode i mean she has been all over the world i can't believe she hasn't been killed or hurt or shot at i mean i i was waiting for some of those stories you know it sounds yeah it sounds like it it got touch and go there plenty of times what what do you think her view of the world is after having all those experiences that's got to kind of jade you a bit right yeah, well, she talked about, though, because she's an investigative journalist, she she sees this through the eyes of a journalist. She sees the humanity behind it. She sees that most of these people she's talking to are human, right? And really, the reasons they're going through this kind of stuff is because they have to make money. And, you know, they have, not saying they couldn't do it different ways, but, you know, you look at some of the people she talked to in Jamaica. I don't have you watched any of the show? It's pretty intense. Mm. She she was talking to some people in Jamaica and it's like you can make $10 a week working at, you know, slinging drinks to people to you know, rich white people at the resort and hardly provide for your family if at all, or you could scam people on your phone and, you know, sell them you know, this belief that they won the lottery and all of a sudden they're sending you money. Even if they send you 300 bucks, you just made more money in one phone call than you have all the, for the last two months of your life or three or four months even. It's not a surprise to me that those scams exist and that people do them because there are some really poor parts of the world. And, you know, those people there are desperate, trying to look for a way out of it. I mean, yeah, I think I'd do it if I lived down there and there was, it, look, I could make $300 if I make, I think they were saying 280 phone calls a day this one woman was, was making and she'd maybe get one or two people to go along with the scam, right? So they say, hey, we won the lottery. You guys, you won the lottery. Send me your account information and we'll send you the money. For whatever reason, people are naive enough to follow through with that if they call enough people, right? She was saying maybe one or two out of 300 calls in a day, she would actually get money from these people. But, hey, man, you can make 300 phone calls a day and make 300 bucks. That's a huge amount of money compared to the $10 a day at the resort slinging slinging cocktails. Yeah, and And, it seems like that's a hard thing to police, you know? Right. Like, still now, you know, I get three or four of those kind of spam calls a week. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they're not like that directly, but it's it's always something. A lot of times the phones catch it these days, but remember like way back in the day, even on Craigslist and things, you would buy stuff. Yeah. And then people would be like, oh, no, yeah, we're just, you know, I'll send you a cashier's check and then you send the thing to me. Or I can't remember what it was like. Give me, you know, I'll pay over and you just send me the the what would be left over back. Right. And it kind of, it, it like pulls you in before you're used to it. And I know some friends that have been scammed with those gift cards. Mm. And when I first heard about it, it's easy to just judge them and be like, you idiot. What right. were you thinking? Right. But, you know, that's hindsight. You go back and break the story down and it's like, oh, kind of, kind of made sense as it was unfolding. Well, people get tricked easily, man, and they're taking advantage of it. That was that was the only um, episode that I watched was that scamming one. It also talked about people in that. What was even crazier to me was the the people in uh, Egypt or what, no, sorry, it was in uh, Tel Aviv in Israel. They have all these companies that are just trading stocks for people, but it's a complete scam. You're just taking people's money. You're you're never even putting it into the stock market. You're just calling people, getting their money, pretending that you're trading their money, and just taking their money. What? Yeah. Dude. Yep. That's, there's so much shady shit out there. And I mean, this is why um, people like Mariana are so important, because they highlight that. Stuff that, you know, we're never going to have time to look into. Most media groups, well, you know, maybe they mention something that's going on but to go into that kind of detail and also to put herself out there that story when she said she met up with that guy selling AKs right and whatever 50 cows and he was also methed up right and she did say that one was hard to kind of sympathize with in the sense of seeing the that person as just a person trying to survive because she was like that that was like a heightened individual Right, you know, probably a pretty dangerous, whacked out guy. Was that a Craigslist deal? How did she? Was, no, was she went website. to Taco Bell, right? But it was a website that she had mentioned. I mean, I wrote it down, but there was a website you could just go to and buy guns off of. That's nuts. And then now, wasn't she saying that the police are in on it? So it's this circle of like the police buying guns or random people buying guns, and then Mexico buying the guns from here, bringing them down to the cartel. So all the guns that the Mexicans have are from the states because it's so easy to get guns and then now they try to come back into the states it's this it's this cycle of people who were basically providing them the guns that we're then bitching about because of the drug wars but we're the ones supplying the weapons that they're using yeah there was some story not that long ago about i think it was like LA PD cops that were getting a hold of guns and selling them mm-hmm. and you know they like making quite a bit of extra money, but putting that back out into the market. Like, imagine how much... Also, imagine how much stuff goes missing from um, the evidence lockers. Oh, yeah. I mean, how much... (laughs) It's You know, it's got to get from wherever they seize it into that room, and then they book it in and say how much there is. Like, how many... How many levels of like people keeping an eye on each other are there? Well, you know the money's never the same when it goes into the evidence locker. <laughs> you can imagine it wouldn't cash, be. No you know? way. No way. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of good cops out there, but there's plenty of bad ones too. And you know they're taking that money. Mm-hmm. If they if they seize money in a drug bust, 
Of course, there's going to be cops that take that. And of course, there's going to be cops that sell guns to, you know, these yeah. cartels. And again, it doesn't mean a- all of them or even many of them. Right. But it's some, and it's probably like that in all areas of of life to some degree. There's, you know, even with bankers, there's probably plenty of them that just do their job right. And then there's a few that are just shady as fuck. Well, cheers to Mariana for for making this happen. It seems like a really cool series. I'm excited to watch more. Um, you said the LSD one. You didn't get to watch that one yet? No, that, that wasn't. Um, I think you had to sign up for the National Geographic app or something on my TV. Mm-hmm. You, you've seen my TV. It's old school. Yeah. So I was unable to do it, but I watched I watched the one about scamming on YouTube. They have a bunch on YouTube okay. from older seasons that you can watch. Yeah, definitely go check more of those out if you're interested with it. I liked how it started. Obviously, she said she smoked a bit of weed but doesn't really do drugs. And, you know, you can't blame her from the things that she's seen. It definitely when you've seen only the worst um, kind of results. But uh, there was that guy... Uh, had PTSD from getting blown up mm-hmm. and was really struggling, started to do some, was it LSD or mushrooms? I thought it was MDMA, wasn't mm, it? One of them. Or, okay. Anyway. Okay. And it's just been helping him, you know, and helping him kind of sleep and get on with his life and move forward. And then uh, Joe was talking about LSD with a shaman. Like, do you know, or someone that knows they can like facilitate the experience, mm-hmm. kind of sit there with you and go through. And uh, that, that's a pretty cool idea, I think. A, a cool exploration into psychedelics and your mental health. Well, when Mariana was talking about the guy that she interviewed, and I, I'm excited to watch this one when it comes out. Um, but she interviewed a guy who was a chemist, and apparently there's not a ton of chemists who are create who are making LSD. Mm. There's only so many around. And he was she was saying he lives in a school bus in Montana, and he got really emotional on screen and was talking about how he just wanted to do this to provide it to people because it changed his life so much. Right? It was it had such an amazing impact on his, um, you know, development. I, I didn't watch it yet, so I don't know. But she was kind of paraphrasing that he broke down to her while she was interviewing him and talked about how he just needs to make this for people. It's not even about the money. It's just about providing it so that people can have the experience. Wow. Mm-hmm. What a passion project that can end <laughs> yeah. you up in a lot of time in jail, I'd imagine. Right. right. Well, he's in a school bus somewhere in the state. There we go. <laughs> Probably a psychedelic uh, school bus. But they, yeah, they were all over the place, man. They're, I mean, talking about six foot chim- chimpanzees. I think they, she started talking about the the gorilla trade. Like, there's people in the UAE that really want gorillas. Rich people who just want gorillas on their property want <laughs> gorillas to show their friends. And that seems like a lot of work. Is that cool? Would you? No, I don't want. Could a you imagine a world no. of like a uh, a scenario where you'd be so loaded that you're just like well clearly i'm getting a gorilla i mean i it's it's not really any different than wanting a lion i guess which i also don't understand you know you got joe uh what's his name joe tiger oh yeah yeah well mike tyson had some tigers yeah and tyson had tigers Uh huh. i don't know it's just a weird yeah there's like more tigers in texas than there are in like the rest of the world yeah, they said most lions and tigers and wild animals in Texas because the laws are different there. 
apparently you can just own as many fucking wild animals as you want. Huh. They have some know. wild folks down there, for sure. Nothing like Florida, though. All that opioid <laughs> stuff that he was, they were talking about. You know, that you can just, you used to just be able to go in, you get your prescription, you go next door, same place that prescribes gives you the drugs, makes the money, right? And they're not right. really writing it down, and you can just go down the street, do it again, and then, of course, turn around, sell it to people that can't get a hold of that stuff sell it for 10 times, just making this massive epidemic of people addicted to a really powerful, like, narcotic, really. Yeah, Oxycontin, man. That's a bad one. <sighs> but it, there was a video about it. She, she, uh, it was titled Oxycontin Express, which mm -hmm. I have not seen either, but apparently that was, I think, the, one of her first... Um, kind of projects that she did with her husband her hu her husband is the producer and director of both of these shows right yeah and oxycontin express i think was was one of the first movies they did together i've heard good things about it i've actually sat down to watch it before and like basically got it already and sometimes i just can't i know how disturbing it's going to be and i can't bring myself to watch some of those sometimes yeah. It's yeah, because what can much. you do? What can you do to help the situation? You just watch it and it's depressing. It's like, damn, yeah, I can see how people could get so hooked to this. It's so addictive. Well, it's important to be educated about it, right? And to know how damaging it is. But at the same time, just watching these people's lives just get destroyed by it. And this is, you know, technically, even though some of that process was illegal and they've changed it and there was a lot of shady stuff going on, I mean, it was still go to a doctor get a prescription, go next door, get it. I mean, these aren't like drug deals per se, though it is a drug deal. Well, Legal was, drug deals. Yeah, but it was. It just made it so easy. I mean, if you could go to all those pain clinics that were basically in every strip mall all over Florida, you know, if you were, addic if you were addicted to Oxycontin, whether you were selling it or trying to make money off of it or not, you're still going to go to those pain clinics as soon as you run out if it's that easy. Mm -hmm. It's just too, they just made it too easy to get the stuff. Yeah. And even when they're changing it all, she said that there's almost no pharmaceutical execs that have been prosecuted. Right. That's it's the, like people yeah. did go to jail. People got in trouble, but really on the, like they were protected on that end. And there, there just seems to be like this lack of justice in these places. Yeah. Lack of justice to the, the top, you know, CEOs of these companies. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They just move on and work somewhere else and do something. Yeah. It's just like, we got to sell this stuff. They're busting the, the middlemen, really, who are just owning these pain clinics when really that was a legal thing for them to do. You're right. right. Yeah. They were kind of like working around the law almost. And what what's really sad about it ultimately is there are people that need that pain medication legitimately. And, you know, it's got so much harder to get it and I think the doctors now, a lot of them that prescribe it, are so concerned about misuse right. that it makes it, it makes it that much harder for people that really need it. It's kind of ruined that. Well, and now if people want to get it, then they go to the black market, and maybe now it's because it's so unregulated now and harder to get, then now it just becomes laced with fentanyl, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Because it's a cheaper way to make it. Have you ever known anyone addicted to oxys? Mm-hmm. 
Really? Yeah, in high school. A few kids. Shit. Did they go downhill pretty quick? I, I had mean, a, what's I, the effects? Well, I had a buddy who was who was on oxys for you know he would buy them and he'd go to parties and he'd have them. I I I was never into opioids. I didn't like that feeling of of being so out of it that I can't even talk. Like it just is not a good feeling. But he ended up uh, he ended up going into harder stuff and and get, <clears throat> getting on heroin. Oh Jesus! It ended up killing him. Yeah, yeah. It's a buddy of mine in high school. Is that kind of a, a path that is seen in this area? Like maybe you can't get a hold of those pills anymore, so then you go the illegal route and it kind of works in that direction? I mean, I'd, for this guy it did. I'm sure there's plenty of others where that would happen if you wanted a bigger fix. I mean, I, I've never done heroin, so I don't know the difference between heroin and Oxycontin. I've, I've tried Oxycontin and I just felt worthless. Like you, you couldn't know? even think? It's, I just, you feel like you're going to melt into the couch, you know, like I couldn't even stand up. Huh. Like you're just, I mean, you're comfortable. Yeah. It feels good, but I don't personally like the feeling of not being able to function. Right. You know, you just like melt into the couch. Yeah. It feels great. But then I want to get off the couch. Yeah. (laughs) I can't get off the couch now. But I guess some people, you know, I mean, if it gives you a sense of kind of peace and relaxation or like some sort of euphoria, I right. Mean, some people, you know, have they feel uncomfortable a lot of the time. Like they they're living in their head, and it's really difficult to deal with day to days. And now, when something is available like this, it's it makes sense. People would jump into it. It just is heartbreaking in a way to know how many billions of dollars have been made right. off the backs of people getting addicted to this shit. Yeah, and they and the people selling it to them, the the guys at at the top of the level or at the top of the the drug chain, they know they know that it's going to do this, but they don't care because they're greedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's yeah, I mean, how do you change that? I don't know. You can you can put more stiffer regulations on it, which is which is sounds what they like did. what they're trying to do. Yeah, they've done that. I mean, you got to start somewhere, but it's like so much damage has already been done, and. You know, are we prosecuting the right people at that point, the top end? I think it comes down to what Joe says a lot about having drugs available to people who need them, but you have to go, maybe it's a stricter process to get them, right? It's like everything could be legal, but in order to get them, you have to, you know, you got to go to the doctor. It's hard to get a prescription. You know, it's just more regulated. Mm -hmm. And then at least... When you're buying something, you know that it's the actual drug instead of something on the street, which you can't. I mean, unless people are testing their own drugs, you're never going to know. Yeah. Well, the the problem with that sort of addiction, too, is that that drug is really difficult to get off. Like, it really hooks you. Right. Right? And then what resources do we have for that? You can't even get Ibogaine in this country which can help people with addiction or has been shown to. You have to go down to Mexico. Well, maybe they, maybe they talk about that in the movie. I don't know. Mm. We're going to we're gonna have to watch the movie and see what the solution is, Adam. We're going to have to. <laughs> we're going to have to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> Hopefully we can, we can help make a change. My God. Yeah. I mean, gosh, she went through she's, – she's seen a lot of stuff, man. This, this, the crypto th- scam thing kind of stood out to me. Yeah, you know those young kids that have made millions. They go into the like 
crypto world meeting in Dubai, and they basically just create those pyramid schemes and and wipe it out. It's almost like that. What's uh, what's the guy that just got in a lot of trouble? Was it like TSX or yeah? Sam, was it Sam? I don't know. I remember Shoot. his 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 mother was the what Democratic. Um, she like raised the most money for the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and he was funneling a lot of the money into that. Well, maybe STX. I think it was STX. Okay. Anyway, you know, just though, just the idea that then that's what's so scary about the idea of crypto. You know, people get into it; they want the new currency that's gonna get big, and they can just inflate these tokens, make them seem like they have a lot of value, get people's money in, and then just cut the market out right underneath them. I mean, it seems very illegal. I don't know how people are getting away with that, but I, is that just part of the unregulated um, world of crypto? I think when it comes to crypto, not enough people know about it and understand how it actually works, so it's just easier for them to scam. And it's it's on a different market. It's not on the Dow, right? It's on mm-hmm. like a different... Yeah, it's not like stocks and things. It's not like stocks, so that you can get away with more of the... Um, oh, they talked about it in the 80s. It changed. Robert Reich was talking about how in the 80s they used to have regulations, on, more regulations on the stock market where you couldn't buy and sell things that you... Um, that cut like companies couldn't sell their own stock back right. to, back to the company, but now that you can do that, and I think crypt- crypto is the same way, right? And I forget what it's called, but you buy shares in your own crypto to make it look like a ton of people are buying shares mm-hmm. in that crypto stock, when really it's just one or two guys who basically own most of the crypto. They're just buying their own shares to make it look like holy shit, this is going up, right? And then a ton of people buy into it. And then all of a sudden they have, you know, millions and millions of dollars of crypto and then they can just steal it. Well, I didn't realize um, when she was saying that after Apple came out with the iPod, obviously they'd done a lot of R&D that cost a lot of money. Then they release it. And I always thought it was the iPod that really jumped their stock up, but it was Apple going back and buying a bunch of it. See? Again, Mm -hmm. to kind of inflate it, push it along. I guess these companies have been doing this stuff for a long time. Well, it's unregulated since the 80s. Hmm. They, they used to not be able to do that. That's and, it. It's uh, like with when Boeing did that um, during the pandemic. That that was frustrating to me to see these, these airline companies getting bailed out and then turning around, paying their CEOs a, way too much money, and then buying back stock into their own company. It just doesn't seem right to me. Well, I mean, especially for like regular folks like us. Like if we want to have some stuff for retirement, you know, we're thinking about planning and we're just, you know, you just go into the market and it's like there's so much fudging going on. You just don't know what to believe. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm not buying crypto. (laughs) Uh, What was the dude, the podcast guy last week? Um, The original podcaster. Adam Curry. Yeah. Adam Curry. He says only, yeah, the podfather only buy Bitcoin. Yeah. That's it. If you're going to do any. Yeah, if you're going to get into crypto. Mm-hmm. Well, he had those 900 uh, um, coins for a while, right? Or he was buying them at 900 bucks. Yeah, 900 bucks a pop. Yeah. So he would he would have been in hundreds of millions today. What did you think about the bare-knuckle fighting? I mean, they went into that for a while. Yeah, they, they did. They spent like an hour talking about fighting. Joe got all excited. Mm-hmm. 
wouldn't wouldn't stop talking about UFC and how bare knuckle fighting is. Uh, uh, what what did he get into about how the the leaders in bare knuckle fighting or some of them are actually getting brought into the UFC? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And well, it's kind of how Dana White does it. I mean, he sees what takes off, mm-hmm. and the UFC is so big they can kind of buy into these other organizations. And whether he takes them over or they just kind of uh, envelop them and then dissolve it. You know, the WEC used to be a big one. It was like for the lighter weight classes. And he, you know, the UFC just bought it and then took what fighters they wanted. And in a way, it's like a good way to get rid of some competition. You can kind of position yourself like that. Right. And now Dane has gone into slap fighting. Where they just right. whacking, which I think is just bonkers. It's like I guess people are into it. It just seems so brutal. Yeah, I remember seeing that somebody's face. It looked like a fucking balloon. Yeah, that was like on the debut of yeah. this thing coming out. And hey, maybe that maybe there's money to be made there. It's like whatever. You think um, you get CTE from getting slapped? You could probably. Oh get fuck CTE. yeah! Of course you can. Absolutely. That's straight to your brain. It's not like they're punching each other in the arms. And, you know, they're not going to miss. How hard is it? Yeah. Does anyone miss? Yeah. It's right in front of you. Slap them. It's interesting to think that the no, having no um, gloves on would actually help in that respect. Like, you might not get hit as much if you have bare hands because you might break a finger or break your hand, whatever, right? So it actually could be helpful in that respect. When there's actually rules and you know paramedics on on board, and it's not just some backyard fight, right, where the people are just getting completely annihilated mm-hmm. and and nothing is stopping them from beating the crap out of somebody, but that was interesting to me. I never thought about not having gloves on. I'm sure there's some pros and cons to it. I mean, you've got to hit differently. You know, you're more likely to break your hands, which really messes you up in a fight, of course. Um, it seems like the damage, though, to the face is just going to be so much worse. But saying that, yeah, you can kind of pepper someone up with gloves on. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it allows you to hit people more. Way more, yeah. And I don't know. Does a glove punch, is it all that much softer than a than a um, bare knuckle? I mean, people in the UFC get knocked out often with just one big punch. Right. So they're still coming in like rockets. It's brutal stuff, dude. It's it's kind of difficult to watch the girls do the bare knuckle. Mm, I haven't seen it. It just it gets bloody fast. You know what I mean? <clears throat> what about the gambling stuff? I didn't realize that. Obviously, there was um, a lot of gambling is now in MMA in terms of, you know... The, just showing the odds for each fight, like you always see that when the fights are on. And then DraftKings is often sponsoring the UFC. Um, so there's big money to be made. But I didn't think of the conflict of interest, I guess, when Joe uh, was early on. I don't know if it was sponsored through his podcast or what, but some of the casinos didn't like when he was performing there. They didn't like that he was... That he was gambling? No, he was being sponsored by these companies because it's um. technically like... Maybe they saw it as a conflict of interest, like he's getting pulled into it. I wonder if that made Joe take a bit of a step back with, um, you know, these gambling companies. 
And what was it with polka? Because I, we've known some people that uh, used to make their money gambling poker online, and people mm-hmm. did it for like a decade. But they they put the kibosh on that, right? They closed all that down. Oh, you can still gamble online. Yeah, you can yeah. do it with poker. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Oh, I thought they like kind of hit the nail on the head with that one and, and stopped it. Well, if they did, it it must have been very recent. Well, back in, I think, 2010, I knew this guy in Chicago that he'd had almost a quarter of a million dollars of, of like, winnings seized by the FBI. And he was, like, in the middle of it then. And he was basically a professional online poker player. Maybe the bets are just smaller. Might be, yeah. They might be doing something different now. The only legal markets are in Nevada, Delaware, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Michigan. Mm. Huh. So, yeah, they probably just closed it down more. The I, I know that there's restrictions in Montana, where we are. Yeah, like, crazy. You can't. I, f- I don't know if you can bet on the fights here, at least with the UFC. Crazy. Yeah. How about those, those underground poker games, though? That sounded fun. <laughs> I'm going to watch that episode for sure. That's a good way to end up in a dumpster. I just thought it was interesting how she realized that there's so much going on, these black market, whether it's trafficking humans or you know, trafficking guns or online, or excuse me, uh, you know, backyard... Underground poker games. Underground poker games or backyard fights. There's so much that we don't even know about and it's going on all around us. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. It would be so interesting to know. You know how they, like, do the GDP of countries and then, you know, the total profit loss of... Apple or the value of Google. I wonder what like the total black market um, uh, value is. It's in in the world. Yeah, I bet it's like way bigger than really any of those companies. You know, whether it's selling guns or I mean, there's just so much profit in this stuff. Like you could just never stop it for that reason alone. Yeah. And now with the dark web and being able to buy this stuff online, you know. Those ghost guns, printing guns, that stuff's wild. Yeah, and that's not going to stop anytime soon. Well, they're making those printers better. Mm-hmm. And then what does she say? You just buy a few of the pieces, right? And you print yeah. the rest of them. Yeah. There you go. You got a gun. Those little mini shotguns. And you it's just crazy. melt it. Melt it when you're done with it. Well, and speaking of the black market and having Joe's talked about this a few times, but they brought it up again, how she actually went and into one of these spots where people were growing weed on forest service land, mm-hmm. right? It was like some dude was randomly walking through the woods and sees this pipe, you know, and there, what was it, his friend who worked for the forest service, they, there was a creek that had just dried up and they didn't understand why. And then all of a sudden they see these people have just been pulling water out of there and it's just a misdemeanor when they get caught now yeah. in California. But of course the black market's going to be bigger than... Because it's cheaper. You could buy weed for, you know, 35 bucks an eighth instead of 50 or 60 or more and then get taxed on it when yeah. you go into the store and you got to get a card. 
I mean, I could see why people are, why the black market is even bigger still now that even when weed's legal in most of these states. Well, it's a bummer because the idea was, you know, make things legal and then the illegal market is reduced. But again, it's just a, it's supply and demand and a cost benefit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you get a misdemeanor, you lug all that stuff up into the forest land, you got free land, not paying taxes on it, you're not re- heavily regulated by the government. They were saying it's like three times bigger, the illegal market, mm-hmm. than the legal market in California. Well, we shouldn't tax people so much then <laughs> and actually let them deal with real bank accounts rather than just cash. I mean, it's still just a cash-only purchase. Mm. Every time you go into a dispensary, you have to go to the ATM. But these states aren't going to not want that tax revenue. Well, then don't bitch about the black market. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're getting taxed like crazy, dude. That's why it costs, you know, X amount more for buying the same amount of weed you could on the black market. Now, is it safer? Probably. But really, who's lacing weed these days? Well, they, they use a lot of pretty nasty... Maybe chemicals. Um, you know, insecticides and pesticides and things because yeah. it's not getting checked and it's a good way to keep these plants going well so they just spray the shit out of it. That's, that's an issue in time. I mean, Roundup? True. You don't want Roundup weed. You definitely don't want Roundup weed. No. What is it, glyphosate? Get that out. Get that Don't out of your do system. It. Don't do it, people. Um, but yeah, it, black markets are exploding. They're not going anywhere. Mm-mm. I'd like to go to one of these uh, underground poker games. I suck at poker, but <laughs> you get the VIP treatment, amazing food. I wonder what the buy-in on some of those games are. It's oh, like, huge, I'm sure. That's the point of it. It's like 200 grand just to buy in. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, but is it, there's big money getting thrown around on those tables and no doubt you can make or break yourself but well speaking of break yourself meldrick taylor that was crazy to see the guy the boxer who joe he had that video of meldrick taylor yeah that was from like the 90s or maybe it was early 2000s Mm -hmm. and then now yeah and the guy can hardly form a sentence and he's still out there boxing yeah that's heartbreaking like they they just everyone needs a friend like joe in the fight game i think you know, someone that can tell you enough's enough. But it's all these guys do. It's all the, it's their whole identity. True. And if you don't get a sweet gig as a commentator or a coach or something else, I mean, they miss that limelight. Yeah. But seeing that type of damage, that's why Mayweather's such a legend. The fact that he just got out without barely taking any hits, his brain works fine. But some of these guys have just been in wars and it's you know, clear brain damage. I mean, not being able to, and it's not just that they don't speak well. I mean, they're not thinking well. And also imagine the emotional toll because when you get a lot of CTE, that messes with, I guess, your hormones and things because people, they get bad tempers or mm. massive depression, anxiety. I mean, it's a brutal way to go. A brutal way to go out. What is it, 16 or 15? Um I think the average to get CTE is like 15 concussions or 16 concussions. Is that what it is? But but you still don't they still don't know. Like you could have yeah. one bad concussion and get that and then you know, I've actually you. heard that. Yeah. It's almost like any major head trauma is something to be really worried about. Yeah, I wonder where they got that number, that 16. 
I don't know. Probably from athletes, you mm. know, because it's easier to record those tr um, concussions. So they're just taking the average. It. Yeah, and just seeing what it's doing to people. I mean, there are some people that are really resilient to it as well. They've taken a lot of headshots and been knocked out a lot, and they're not showing the same signs. So it's it's variable, but definitely not recommended if you can stay away from it. Yeah, I wonder if they'll ever figure out, is it, is it because of the amount of concussions or is it just in your DNA, right? It's like that thing in your DNA. What was that, the C2A03 or something that they found that genetic code in people's DNA and they're actually more accustomed to get CTE more if they have more likely to yeah. get it. Yeah. I mean, the better those types of d genetic tests go, the better you know individuals will be at being able to avoid certain things like this. I mean, if you're a football player and you're good and it shows that you have a high likelihood of getting major CTE, it gives you some options, you know? It at least gives you some information so you can change that up and not not head down that road. Well, it says 17 right here. According to published research, 17 is the average number of concussions that leads to CTE. Jesus. This does not mean that a handful of concussions in the absence of other hits to the head puts you at risk for CTE. Most diagnosed with CTE suffered hundreds or thousands of head impacts over the course of many years playing contact sports, serving in the military. My God. It's a lot. Yeah. Well, there's some research now, at least the UFC doing it, that actually looks at, I think, psilocybin mainly and different types of nootropics in mushrooms. And, it's, and it can help... Um, regrow some synapses and kind of slow that process down and maybe oh, yeah. make a bit of a recovery. I mean, that that's what the hope is, right? That we come up with not only minimizing that damage through more information and better safety protocols, but then also having follow-up treatments, maybe ways to reverse that type of damage. Yeah, it's this right here with this uh, hockey player, Riley Cote. He had an article in Rolling Stone, Can Psychedelics Help Treat Brain Injury? This ex-NHL player says yes. Huh. So he's turning to psilocybin to help his mind heal. Wow. Huh. I wonder I wonder if, if you haven't had a bunch of uh, head injuries, if there's like other benefits. It's like maybe everyone can heal a little bit from that. Well, you can heal from that. It looks like he's also into yoga. You, you know that's going to help too, buddy. <laughs> yoga. <laughs> yeah. Todd and I went to yoga today. It was brutal. <laughs> Hot yoga. I do not recommend it. If you like it, good for you. I, it, was, it was a brutal first day. Yeah, look at that. It says hallucinogens including DMT and Magic mushrooms treat help treat post concussion sy symptoms, so your headaches, insomnia, depression, and possibly the degenerative brain condition known as CTE. Huh. Crazy. Well, you know, we're at the beginning of them really exploring that, so let's hope they lean into it. And, and you know, they just have to open it up so those tests can be done. That's always the problem with right. You know, psilocybin and definitely DMT. I don't think there's any like you know, FDA-approved research into that one. Well, now they have those pens that you can just hit that have DMT in them. That's crazy. Scary. You just be in, like, aisle four of Walmart. You're like, <laughs> hold on, I just got to go talk to the aliens. 
make sure I'm buying the right TV. <laughs> well, speaking of TV, Trafficked is a cool show. I'm excited to watch more. Mm-hmm. I want to watch the the big one that really hit me was the um, sale of illegal sale of human organs. Ooh, yeah. Just the idea of all of it. Right. You know, just thinking that people are getting mutilated or pressured to sell because they're so poor. But then on the other end of it, this isn't just like people trying to get a hold of cocaine for a nice party. It's like the people that are receiving these organs illegally are being able to stay alive or their kids are or that's a tough you would do anything ethical, for your child yeah it's a tough ethical situation to be in i mean you give somebody the resources right somebody with a lot of money elon musk say and he's faced with one of his kids having like a terminal illness and they can't you know in the regular market you just waiting for your liver or whatever and there's just because of the system we have and the shortage of livers and how it works, you can't get one. I mean, could you honestly expect the richest man in the world not to figure out a way to get something? You're going to turn to the black market real quick. You would imagine. How else are you going to get it? Yeah, it's not like they're walking around scanning everyone's liver just to see what the serial number is. Where'd you get this one? Mm. that's, That's a difficult one. I think really, in a lot of ways, anyone in that position would really struggle. Well, it it brings back the idea that Mariano felt for these people that she's talking to. And that Mm -hmm. one specifically, oh, there was another one about uh, women, too, who are going to, um, who are being impregnated. uh, Gosh, what is that called? When when somebody else has a child for you. Yeah, surrogate. Yeah, surrogate mother. Mm -hmm. And so... Where did she say that was? There was a there's a whole episode that she did about surrogate mothers and how it's illegal in some countries. But I mean, look, if you want a kid, you're gonna go just like you would if your if your kid needed a liver. You're gonna go to wherever you need to go to get a kid, right? Could you not just do if it? You don't in want countries, to adopt. Yeah, could you not just do it in countries where it is legal and then br- bring the kid over? I guess probably not, right? Uh, I think that was the whole point. Hold on. It's just way more expensive to do it in the States, right? Sure. Uh, let's see. I'm going to look this up. Do it. Yeah, I'm not. They they need to figure out a way to, like, basically grow lab organs. I think that that's a thing that we need to get good at, and we need to do it fast. Oh, it's coming, dude. It's got to be. Oh, absolutely. Here we go. Well, we've got pimps and undercover cops. I haven't seen that one yet either. Yeah, that's a that's a messy business. A lot of cops sleeping with uh, prostitutes. Okay, so it was in Ukraine. Ukraine is a popular place for surrogate mothers. Season 3 of Traffic with Mariana Van Zeller premieres. Um... I think the other issue was is that some people will – Joe was saying how his friend – he had a couple of um, gay friends who had a surrogate mother, and the mother ended up keeping the baby, right? It's like they went through the whole thing. She had the baby, and then she wanted to keep it. Huh. You can't keep the mother from doing that. Right. It's her baby. It makes sense. Even if it's the other dude's sperm, it's still hers. I wonder if they – I wonder what the legality is then, like if that – 
couple, because it's his sperm, has to pay child support. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. You'd hope that you'd write that in the contract, just in case. Well, it doesn't say much about it. It just says, this season, digging into the illegal trade of organs, LSD, ghost guns, cyber pirates, MDMA, gangs, terrorist oil. Oh, that was another one we didn't go over. The terrorist oil is crazy. Terrorist oil. I mean, if you think about what terrorists need more than anything, I was thinking maybe guns. No, it's oil, dude. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then black market babies. Hmm. Well, it's you got to take a minute before you watch this show as well. <laughs> I mean, it's already stressing me out just thinking about it. But again, it's so important. It's like the more exposure these types of things get, you know, people get outraged, and then that's how you make changes, at least positive changes. You can say no. So we're not fucking doing this anymore. Got to stay away from it. All right, so, okay, I found it. It says, she went to Ukraine to research the surrogate mothers. We met a couple. We meet a couple who started the process, but due to the war, were unable to be present during the pregnancy. The couple then enters the war-impacted country, and we get to witness them meeting their child for the first time. Wow, no downside, just pure parental joy and a nice respite from black market organs. Oh, God. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Well, anyway, tune in, watch Trafficked. It's a great show. It's it's important. She keeps doing this work. Hopefully, she always stays safe with it all. Um, I'd like to think that the more seasons she's done and the more exposure she gets, you know, she's, like, well-protected. And I'm sure with her husband on the crew, you know, they're not – they're taking the precautions that are necessary. But I don't feel like she's going to run out of stories. Well, kudos to Mariana because what a cool, amazing job she's doing. And she obviously likes the job. She loves the job. Yeah, she's, she's really good passionate. at it. Really yeah. good at it. So, yeah, that premiered a month ago. Just started. The and last that's season. on Nat Geo? Yep. Nat Geo. You can watch it on Hulu. Ooh, on Hulu. Good. All right, folks. Well, that's it for this episode. There'll be more. We'll finish up the rest of the reviews later in the week. Thank you, Todd. And... Take it easy, folks. Thanks for tuning in.